0: You're listening to The Long Game Podcast. I'm your host, Sandra Scaano. I went on vacation this past week. Yes, I'm so excited to take a little bit of a break. I went to Florida with my family, got some sunshine, and semi-turned off. Yeah, I say semi because there's always a lot going on. You know, this week, two clients are launching, and a few other projects are ready to be kicked into high gear. But, you know, it was important to get away and have some time with my family. Our last vacation, we left two days into a 10-day road trip because we all came down with COVID. So we were due for some fun. And I do love getting into the sun. I needed some color, and I got a kickstart to my summer tan. Well, while in Florida, we spent a few days at Universal Studios, and I couldn't help but think about the experience the brand was creating for its customers— Uh, You know, how much thought and planning went into the features and the design, and how these concepts are a great example for us as we create experiences as business owners for our own customers. So, in addition to admiring the elaborate sets, taking in the rides, and immersing in these fictional worlds, I was analyzing how it all comes together. Thinking about the pre-planning and customer journey work that the architects had to do. Everything is orchestrated in these big theme parks. You know, it's orchestrated for safety, of course, and it's also orchestrated to maximize the company's profits. Today, I'm going to share some insights into how big theme park players lean on the very same tools you have in your toolbox and how we can all apply what is successful for them to our own businesses. The long game is lessons learned from Universal Studios Florida. in a world where everyone is doing. It's easy to get lost in a sea of comparison, secret tricks, and promises of overnight success. The long game, that's my approach to business. You gotta show up, you gotta do the work, and there are no quick fixes for long-term success. It takes creativity, it takes strategy, and it takes listening to the voice inside you. I'm a web designer, digital strategist, and energetic thinker, bringing you real-world business-building experiences, conversations with creators who are out there doing it now, and ideas to spark the energy in your own business. And along the way, we're going to have a little bit of fun as well. So thanks for being here, and let's get to today's episode. I talk from time to time about looking to other industries for inspiration and how we can learn a lot from the systems Big corporations put into place. You know, my eyes were first opened to this as a 16 year old working at Carvel as the cake girl, where I learned there were only two molds used to create all of the character cakes all year long. So I share that story in a past episode. But, you know, the ingenuity of corporate, it's born out of necessity for them, you know, to keep costs lower, space issues, all of that kind of stuff. But You know, it's a whole span of creative thinking for me into dual use and just all of the pieces that come together for this. So there's so much that we can pick up and apply by paying attention to what's going on with these big companies. You know, with the time just waiting for my family while I was holding all the bags while they were on the crazy rides, I fell deep into thought into the workings of Universal Studios. And I want to preface this to say, when I set up courses for my clients, I apply the PEAK framework, P-E-A-K, and this is my proprietary system for successful course build-out. And much like the architects of Universal Studios, I lean on the customer journey to guide me in building out a successful course or membership experience. All right, so let's get to some insights into how this big theme park player leans on the very same tools you have in your toolbox and how we can all apply what is successful for them to our own businesses. We've got to start with the planning. All right, Universal Studios plans out every aspect of the theme park experience. They map out the usuals like park layout and flow, but they also map out how guests will queue up for the rides and where guests exit each ride. You know, this is the customer journey in action for you. Theme park architects, they have to know that there will be a fast pass offered and build a queue layout for that. Then they build the queue layout for standby or the non fast pass people. You know, this is the corporation knowing their different offers and how they're going to accommodate them in the physical experience. So, with how elaborate these rides and sets are, you know, there's no adding it after the fact without major disruption. So, you've got to know your various offers and build out the experience to accommodate them. You know, Universal also has almost every ride exit through the gift shop. Yes, of course they plan this. You love the Cat in a Hat ride so much, buy a few Thing 1 and Thing 2 t-shirts when you leave. It's brilliant for fandom and uber-capitalist at the same time. But the point is, before any construction took place, they mapped out the journey you would take as a guest of the ride. They made all of the accommodations for it on paper before any shovel hit the ground. And this is the same thing you should be doing when crafting your own offers. You know, what is the path you want people to take? Will you be offering some type of VIP, fast pass service? When people leave, is there something else for them to purchase? You know, have you answered the question, what's next? This is always something that I emphasize. And no matter what the answer is, When people have a good experience, they want to know what's next. So, you know, when you're all abuzz after that ride, you very well may be buying t-shirts and merch. So I just want to state, though, that the answer to what's next for us business owners, that can be anything. It doesn't have to be another program. It doesn't have to be another sale. It can be an email sequence. It can be a survey. It can be a request for a testimonial. You just need to think about what you want to do beforehand so you can set that up from the start. Because with automations, the A and peak framework, nothing works in retro. If, so if you want something to happen every time for everyone, you've got to build that in from the start. All right, speaking of automations, Universal Studios leverages automations in the theme park experience big time. You know, so much of the rides are automated and timed perfectly. You will move from the line into a little decorated room, and inside the room, a video plays, like setting up the scene for the ride that you're about to embark on. As soon as the video's over, the door opens, and you hop into the seat of the ride just after the last guests have exited. This is such a choreographed experience, and it couldn't happen without the help of automations. It also ensures that you are primed and ready for the experience. The E in the PEAK framework, which stands for entry, it moves you along so that you're able to engage. Each ride has a storyline, and prepping you beforehand with a video brings you right into the mindset. Plus, it's the last part of the queue experience. It's like, you know, when you move from the waiting room to the examination room and the doctor, you know, you know it's coming, but you still have a little time to wait there. And, you know, we all have the same opportunity with our offers. What do your customers need to know to be able to engage with your content right away? Set them up for success with that. You know, in theory, we can create a virtual room where customers are prepped, give them access to pre-work, or create something that helps with the wait until the course opens or the service begins. All right, so we have talked about mapping out the customer journey and planning. We've talked about the use of automations, as well as the concept of entry, which is getting your audience prepped to engage. Oh, and there's one other area entry I want to highlight today, and that actually takes place at the front gate of Universal Studios. Like other famous theme parks, Universal Studios employs biometrics with ticketing. When you enter the park, your ticket is scanned, and then you are asked to place your finger on a portal for scanning. And the scan reads your finger shape and comes up with a geometric formula that will identify your finger. And that number is then linked to your ticket. And each day when you enter the park, you scan your finger to confirm that you are the ticket holder. I researched this technology a bit to be able to understand it a bit more, and it's pretty interesting. You know, the scan is only of one finger, and it is discarded approximately 30 days after your ticket expires. So it's not like all of these theme parks have all of your fingerprints on file. And this process, though, significantly cuts down on ticket fraud, and it keeps all ticket purchases in their own network. So, you know, say someone buys a three-day ticket and only uses two days. They might think to sell the one-day access at a big discount just to recoup some of their money, right? But biometrics prevents this from happening. And it's the same for annual pass holders. They can't give their ticket or loan it to somebody to be used. So the lesson here is lean on your tech. Embrace tech to help you manage things. You know, using tech for systems helps remove the manual work, which usually slows down the the process. You know, just think if they had to check everyone's ID at the gate to match to their ticket, right? (laughs) That would be such a slow process and you're waiting to get in the anticipation. So lean on your tech. Okay, the last thing I want to highlight from my trip to Universal Studios, and it's something that we can all incorporate into our businesses, is the concept of creativity and innovation. So yes, I know you're thinking it's easy for Universal to be innovative, right? They have engineers and lots of cash. But one of the places I saw innovation was in their merchandise. It was creative. It was branded. and. It was, for the most part, expensive. (laughs) Again, very capitalist, but the park is there to generate funds. All right. Well, one of the things they sold that was so creative and innovative in a new way than we're used to were backpacks. And these are not just any flimsy cinch sack. You know, there were different styles and they were mainly these chunky pleather mini backpacks. And they were decked out for every single franchise, every character that Universal has its hands in. So there was an E.T. backpack. There was a Spider-Man backpack, a Men in Black backpack, a Harry Potter backpack. And they even took an old school and had a Jaws backpack. That was so cool. They had a whole like three, a purse, uh, like a handbag, a backpack, a wallet, like all Jaws. That was super cool. But each of these mini backpacks cost $82, and they were worn by young people, old people. I mean, walking around the park, it was a way to identify your favorite character and carry everything you needed for the day. Such a cool idea. And it really was the perfect souvenir because, one, it was useful. It's so much easier to carry what you need on your back than in a normal shoulder bag, right? And they represented who you were and who your favorite characters are. I personally found a Marge Simpson backpack. It was different from the pleather ones. It was a limited edition Herschel Supply Company collaboration. So it had that look and feel of a a different type of backpack. And I have to say, it was the best purchase I made. Because day one, I packed some water bottles, sunscreen, grapes in my shoulder bag, And I was over carrying that around all day. So I bought a backpack and day two was so much easier and so much better on my shoulders. And it's also just a cool souvenir that you can't get everywhere. And I wouldn't have even thought to go look for it to purchase. So it's, you know, a great souvenir and also served a purchase. Now, granted, we are all not selling merch. Some of us are. I've seen some of my entrepreneur friends bust out some T-shirts and stickers and things like that. But start to think about what are the ancillary items that we make for our business, like downloads and PDFs that we can sell or that we already do sell. Like, make what you offer Creative and useful, and make things that you can't get anywhere else. You know, I did Google in research for this podcast the Jaws backpack just for fun. It is selling for $115 to $225 on sites like Poshmark. So, what cost $82 has gone up in value because you can't get it everywhere, right? So, be creative be innovative, and be useful. People will be drawn to that if they can get used from it, and it'll be a great offer for you. All right, well, this is what I did on my vacation. Part sun, part thrill rides, part creating analogies, and thinking about business. As my husband said to me while I rattled off these ideas to him one day, I know your mind is always running. And with that, I am not professing hustle culture. You know, breaks are good, but this is what I enjoy. (laughs) It's how I think, and it's what I naturally gravitate to. So it's good to notice the processes that the big guys utilize, and to know that you have the power to incorporate the same successful concepts into your own business. You know, plan the customer journey. Think about the entry. Leverage automations, the E and the A of Peak Framework. Lean on your tech and be creative and useful in your offerings. All right, everyone. Thank you for joining me this week. It feels so good to be home and a little sun-kissed. So thank you so much and have a great week, everybody. Thanks for joining me today. You can access more information, links mentioned in this episode, and the show notes at thelonggamepodcast.net. If today's show connected with you in some way, please share it with your friends or hop on and leave a review. Both of these make a really big difference. All right, until next time, keep playing the long game.